this last part of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus kind of changes his focus, and we started that uh, last week where he he's moving from our relationships with each other to our relationship or connection, however you want to put it, uh, with God the Father. Uh, that word he uses uh, quite a bit here, which was used collectively a lot in uh, Old Testament, but not as personal as Jesus uses it for himself and then eventually for followers of his. So, um, Last week, we kind of looked at our Christian duty as far as what we have to other people, and moving from that, it went to verse 2 to help us, what's our connection with God, and if you remember, we were supposed to judge others only with the right attitude and a God-honoring motives, uh, trying to be helpful to them and not hypocritical, and you can only do this by divine grace, which is what verse 2 tells us about, and um, if you remember, I, I had a special word for people who thought you're not supposed to judge. Anybody remember what that word was? Stupid. You guys don't remember this stuff. You can go back and read it again. No, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, obviously we're going to judge folks. It's just how are we doing it. The whole idea there is are you helping somebody in their faith? God has graciously assessed you by the cross. We're supposed to graciously assess others. So that... Uh, brings us into this next, uh, these next verses, uh, which starts in verse 7, where Jesus is going to make some promises, and then we're going to talk about kind of how we look at prayer and some of the objections we might have throughout the history of uh, Christendom and even today, and then kind of maybe sum up kind of what we should learn from this. So, verse 7, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you, for everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, get good things to those who ask him? So this is Jesus' second instruction on prayer in the Sermon on the Mount. The first one is what we call the Lord's Prayer. I prefer the disciples' prayer, but, uh, but the idea of, you know, we get that in chapter 6. So he's instructing us on prayer because obviously we need to know how to do that. Um, and so I, I'm sure Jesus knows our insecurities about prayer. Um, each of us kind of work through this either in our Christian life or maybe there's times in your life when, is God hearing? You know, am I worthy? You know, what is this all about? What is prayer all about? I've heard it said that, uh, you know, I, I've heard people give the example that, you know, just, just say whatever's on your mind. And I'm like, well, that's okay to some extent, but I hope you don't do that with other people. Um, you know, went to graduations yesterday, and I mean, you just walk up to some people and say, well, that dress is really ugly. Don't just say what's on your mind. Say, you know, say it's appropriate to the connection, right? Um, and that, again, it's how well you know somebody. So I, I do think prayer is something we should work at. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily something that we should uh, just say, well, we know. It, it's okay. If you're not doing it at all, maybe just say what's coming to your mind. And, and God is a God of grace. But uh, it's, it's just like worship. You know, how do you know how to worship somebody you don't know? How do you know what worship would please him? Uh, and same thing with prayer. So he instructs us. Jesus instructs And this is very particular. In the, in the Lord's Prayer, which we kind of outline in the children's sermon, there's, there's, there's asking for things, there's praise, there's thanksgiving, there's confession. Here, it's pretty much just asking, ask, seek, knock. 
You know, and it's, he promises if you ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you'll find. And if you knock, the door will be open. And here's a perfect example, if you're looking for another one, where if you take these verses out of context, you could see where you could get some really interesting theology here. You know, I mean, you could ask, well, what are we supposed to be asking for? Well, we have to continue to read, obviously, to get that. Uh, are we supposed to just ask for what we want? Or are we supposed to ask for what God wants? And so we get this in verses 9 through 11. He kind of helps us out a little bit. He says that you earthly parents who are mortal and fallen, actually calls you evil, uh, they still get good gifts to their chilies they're supposed to. I mean, I think it's wonderful we have donuts. It's always a good day when you have donuts. But I don't think you should give donuts to them all the time. I mean, that's, that probably would not be a good gift all the time. You know, donuts for breakfast, donuts for lunch, donuts for supper, and donuts for your midnight snack. Um, probably wouldn't be the best for their children. And it, it gives us a little bit of an idea. You know, so how much more that the Heavenly Father, who's immortal, holy and good, not evil, uh, and fallen like earthly parents. And I think if you can keep it in the background, because, you know, you know the donuts are on my mind, so we're going to keep using that. Um, you know, sometimes it's not good to give somebody a donut. A diabetic, maybe. <laughs> uh, somebody who's already had three. Um, we did cut them in half, which is a good idea, so now I can have more. Uh, but a lot of times, if you're a little kid, Im immature, maybe in, in, in your life, you know, somebody not giving you a donut looks mean. Because um, it, uh, it looks good. You know, what's the problem? Um, you know, that's, you know, we can deal with when it's donuts. It's a little different when we're dealing with things that really matter to us, right? This looks good. But then God can see the whole picture and he might say, you know, right now this isn't the best for you. Even though maybe it's good in the long run. It's not right now. And that's the hard part, isn't it? Um, so, a key here again, we sit the second time in prayer, you know, how much more are we supposed to, that the Father will give you, this, this being able to call God Father, we have to remember that. In the normal course of human endeavor, you have no business calling God Father. He's not your Father. He's your Creator, but He's not your Father. That only comes when you start developing and believing in His Son. You know, the whole adoption into the family that's another way of looking at this, right? It's a privilege to call God Father. And that's what Jesus gives us in the, in the Lord's Prayer. We can say, our Father. And I've always thought about that. Why are? We always think that, well, that's plural, which is kind of weird, you know, because we, a lot of times we'll pray that prayer ourselves. So why are? I, I think I know. I mean, at least this is my good guess. We can't call him. The R is Jesus. That's, that's the other one in the, kind of back to the Matthew 11 stuff, you know, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give rest for your souls, you know, take my yoke upon. Now we're in the yoke, now it's our. You know, and so Jesus kind of takes us to the Father and says, this is, this is my Father, now because you follow me, he's your Father too. So now we have the privilege of calling him that. I think that's what he's talking about here too. So, so a large part of this whole idea and the prayer is coming to the Father as a request as his children, asking for what he has promised and what pleases him. Now, as you get older as a kid, you realize that if you do ask for that fourth or fifth donut, the answer is probably going to be no. 
because you start realizing yourself that maybe that's not good for me and maybe my parents actually have figured out before I did that they that this wasn't good for me uh, and I think again as we grow in the faith the same thing happens so people raise problems about prayer um, so we're gonna look at three main objections you get from a human perspective um, and you get this is out here today uh, it depends on theology uh, you hear that prayer is inappropriate you know uh, isn't it a false view of God does he need to be told what we need doesn't God already know what you need well we know that I think it's verse 6 8 in Matthew if you want to look that up if I'm wrong you can tell me uh, you know, your father already knows what you need before you ask him. So people have said, well, then why ask? He knows what I need. Well, we'll look into that a little bit. Does, are we trying to bully him into giving us things? We, I mean, I've tried to do that. It's like, I, got, I, don't, I don't think you're seeing this clearly. <laughs> do you really know what's going on? <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's when we really want something, right? We do that. So, man, you know, I just don't think you get this. I really, really, really want, want this. You know, and I don't think you're figuring this out. Yeah, I know you don't need it, but you don't understand. You know, see how silly that is to, you know. God doesn't have to experience your sin to understand its problem. God doesn't have to experience your suffering to understand that it's hard to go through. Um, because he's omniscient. He knows all things, including how we feel. Uh, and then you get this one, too. Should we bother God with our petty problems? You know, the quintessential one is always if a little kid comes ask, you know, you go to your, and you get a lot of teachers in here, you go, the kid comes and says, you know, I want you to pray for their cat because their cat has a sore paw. Let's go with that, you know. I mean, we could say, well, why would I pray with your cat? People in, you know, we always, it's always some country out of here that doesn't have food, you know, uh, which is another parents if you didn't know this you can use this all the time if they're not cleaning their plate you know uh, but but you think I mean, it's like well what should we do I mean I, I think we should pray for the cat because it means something to the kid you know like I mean careful but you know we had that earlier in chapter six that God knows the hairs on our head I mean he's very he seems to be quite detailed so I think that's okay I mean to bring it up you know pray for fluffy that's okay. It may not be the main prayer. It didn't make the top five there in chapter six, but I think it's okay to do. So this really comes down to the why question. Why do we pray? You know, if God already knows, if we're, you know, kind of bugging him, uh, you know, why do we pray? And you think about it, the reason has to do with us, not him. And I'm not talking about that mumbo jumbo that you get, what it makes us feel better and the therapeutic. Yeah, it probably does. I think when we pray, hopefully we feel better. But you can pray to a statue and make yourself feel better. I mean, this isn't about that. The question is not, is he ready to give, but are we ready to receive for him what is best for us? That's why we pray. He doesn't spoil us. He waits for us to recognize our need and turn to him. And we can say, I don't like that. Why can't God just give it to me before I ask? It's like, I don't know, take it up with him. He doesn't, it just doesn't say, set there and it will be given to you. Be like a bump on the log and you will find. Do absolutely nothing and it will be open to you. It says, ask, seek, knock. We do something. 
we're involved in this. And again, we can go back theologically why that is, but the main reason we do this is because Jesus asked us to do this. Um, James 4, you desire and do not have. So you murder, you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And some of these are easy. Some of them are hard, right? Um, easy ones, you know, we've used these before. It's like, you know, God hope, help my opponent get malaria. Okay, not malaria, but COVID, you know, something shorter. <laughs> Just a bad enough cold that their best player can't play. You know, is that a good, you know, why, don't, why doesn't God answer those prayers? You know, it's probably not lining up with what he wants. The ones that are harder when they look good, you know, God heal my friend. Those are harder, aren't they? But we still don't know if that's the best thing, do we? We ask, we do not receive because we ask with wrong, what's our motive? Well, a lot of times when I pray, my motive is to get what I ask for. And that's not a horrible motive. But I think Jesus is trying to teach us here. We're supposed to not have that be our primary our primary motive. And this is hard. I think, you know, well, the pastor has it figured out. I don't like this probably more than you do. Is <laughs> that I'm supposed to pray for what he wants. Your kingdom come. What's next? We already got this already, didn't we? And sometimes we don't know what that is. It's hard. You know, I, I might have used this before, but it was when uh, Keokuk, we had a, a full-time youth uh, worker that, that was on staff, and her dad, she, they were from Tennessee, her, her dad came, uh, didn't really know the story too much, but it was, just, it was at Thanksgiving time, and, and we were going around in a Bible study, and it's kind of, you know, what are you thankful for? And, and, uh, and I knew he'd, He'd uh, gotten cancer, and he still had it. Um, he was doing a little better. But he said, well, I'm thankful for cancer. I'm like, okay, it's kind of getting to his head, you know. Uh, but it was, I mean, we, of course, you know, what are you going to do? Like, oh, what do you mean by that? And, and before he got cancer, he didn't know Christ at all and didn't really care. Um, but through the suffering of the treatments, he started to focus on eternity and, and eventually gave his life to Christ. How many people were praying that cancer would go away? It's a little harder, you know. And we don't know. We, I mean, he says it, then we know. And he, he ended up dying eight months later. And that happens. Um, that's hard. It's usually the, we look behind and see that stuff. It's hard to see. But could God actually allow something that looks bad because it's a greater good? You know, I guess we have to distrust him in those cases. But, boy, that doesn't mean we don't ask because we can only ask for what we see. Uh, we, there's nothing wrong with asking. Um, and I don't think he necessarily said quit praying for that. He found Christ. Maybe the cancer going away would have been good. It didn't. Uh, but again, we don't see it all. It's easy when we're talking about donuts. So harder when we're talking about something like that, you know. And I think that's what he's trying to get to. So that's the first one. You know, we we essentially want to make sure that that it's about us asking. That's the way he set this up. Come and ask. And parents do this too, right? You know. I've got something for the kid, but he's going to have to come and ask for it. Yeah, that's okay. You know, they must really want it. The next objection is prayer is unnecessary. Um, and this comes from the idea that um, don't people get gifts from God without asking? Well, yeah, they do. 
And I kind of put this down into two kinds of gifts, creation gifts, harvest, babies, food, rain, life. We had this earlier in Matthew. For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and in the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. It, you know, the rain for the crops goes on the fields for the believer, pretty much as does the unbeliever. Um, these are creation gifts. We, we get that. It's kind of a common grace that's out there. And, you know, we can still ask for those things, but God gives them to people who don't ask. So, yeah, he does that. But there's another set of gifts in the Bible, what, I, what I'm calling redemption gifts. Uh, you get this in Romans 10, if you read it in context. Romans 10 is talking about how we live and are seen as righteous because of God's grace. So, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved is in the context, call. it's about trusting God. And so, but you have to do that. You have to call on the name. Salvation is gifted to those who sincerely pray for it. It's something you have to ask for. It's not just thrust upon you like rain and other types of things. Um, do you think people have ever gotten pregnant when they didn't ask for it? Maybe a few times. You, 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 so it, all those types of gifts you get, you know. And there are times, it hasn't been, from looking around the farmers here, this hasn't been recent, but there are times when it's like, I think we can quit praying for rain uh, as the floods rise and all those types of things. So it, it, it isn't it always a one-to-one core. But what are other redemption gifts? This is just my list. Daily forgiveness. You know, that's coming from, that's something we have to ask for. It's not just something that we just get thrust upon us. Deliverance from evil. Why are we told to pray that at the end of the Lord's Prayer? Doesn't God just do it? Maybe. Apparently not all the time. Maybe you need to ask. Peace with God and of God. I do think this is different. We get peace with God when we believe in Jesus by faith and we're no longer enemies with God, Ephesians 2 and such. The peace of God is more of an emotional, uh, joyful thing. We get this. We see this in Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything. Sometimes the commandments of God are hard because we've had this before, right? Are you a little anxious now? <laughs> I'm anxious about being anxious. You know, you can have that happen. But do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, which is asking, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. This is the peace of God. It's that, and I think you should pray for this a lot uh, when you're anxious, because we all get anxious about things, um, whatever it may be. Get that peace of God. It's, it, we know we have peace with God if we're a believer. You may not feel it all the time, but you have it. You're in the kingdom of God. You're a child of God. You're saved, you're in Christ, you're born again, born from above, whatever words you want to use. But the peace of God is just a, it's just even more. And, and, and I think hopefully, I look around, I hope you've experienced this where you're just, you're anxious about something's not, and you, it just, it's, it's almost supernatural. This is going to be okay. You know, and it's not, it, and it, I think we got to keep asking for this. It's like, why doesn't God just give me that? I have to actually ask that. I said, okay, I want peace, give it to me now, and don't take it away. I go to bed, wake up, still there, right? Well, apparently we're supposed to keep asking. Um, 
Increase in faith, that's another one we have, um, where you keep trusting and trusting him more because you get to know him better. Hope, you know, which is kind of faith in God's future promises. Love, you know, feeling the love, uh, that is something that we, we ask for. Um, and, of course, the relationship with the Father. These are redemption gifts. They're gifts because we've asked to be part of the family uh, because of the Spirit in our hearts. So all of these are spiritual in nature, uh, and for all of these, we must pray. Uh, that kind of tells you maybe where the prayers are supposed to be. Back in Luke 2, we usually hit this during Christmas time, but I, I, this one just kind of came to me. I thought it makes sense if you read through this. It said there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this is when Jesus was obviously quite little. Um, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And if you read on, you know, Jesus comes in to get dedicated, and he's like, you know, says, you know, my eyes have seen the constantly. You know, it's really cool. Uh, some good pictures of this, too. And it's like, I started to think, it's like, how did he, how did the Holy Spirit reveal to him? I, you know, it doesn't say. Uh, but I think it probably, what do you think he was in the temple doing? When Jesus turns the tables over, he said, you've turned this into a den of themes, but this is a house of what? Prayer. I'm guessing he was probably praying. And so the answer to prayer was the Holy Spirit told him, you're, you're going to, he's coming. In fact, he's here. You're going to see him today, maybe, you know. Um, so again, answer to prayer. God can do it in a lot of different ways. But this guy was, it's implied he's a Jew, so if he's righteous and devout, he's praying. He's praying a lot, because that's what we're told to do in the Old Covenant, too, to come before the Lord. So these types of things we have to ask for, uh, we pray for those. So we pray for creation gifts. Um, I think that acknowledges our physical dependence on God. I mean, I, I pray for rain, uh, and I am, I'm pretty stupid about it, so you farmers, tell me when to stop. <laughs> I think I'm still supposed to keep praying, right? We're still on it up. And now am I supposed to pray for, you all supposed to pray for gas to go up or down in price? <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it high enough? Are you dependent on God enough? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we do that. We pray, and it doesn't always get answered, right? I mean, that this is not promised all the time, but we pray for it because, again, right, right motives, you know? God might just answer it, you know? He has to decide whether the little guy who wants to have his baseball game gets his prayer answered that it won't rain, or the farmer who says we really need some rain. That's really up to him, isn't it? But we can pray it. But we also pray for redemption gifts, you know, forgiveness, deliverance, all these we've talked about, because these gifts are given only as an answer to prayer. We have to remember that. Only as an answer to prayer. They're there for us. It's, the, it's these great, wonderful gifts, but we have to ask for them. And it seems like, if we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount here for a few months, it seems like Jesus thinks these are a bit more important than the other ones. Um, that the peace of God, the deliverance, the redemption is more important than all the other things. And well, we kind of know that, I guess. Uh, I kind of like to have both. I like to have salvation and donuts, if I can have both. So that 
the idea, you know, that it's unnecessary. Well, it's necessary to be most God at. And then prayer is unproductive. This is a hard one too, isn't it? Sometimes our prayers simply don't work. Um, some, meaning, you know, you pray for and healing comes to mind. You pray and it doesn't happen. It's like, well, that's unproductive it seems like. But we have to remember that the promises above from Jesus are, un, are not unconditional, these redemption promises. It's not a matter of simply waving our prayer wand, and, and that's taught out there, right? If you're faithful enough and wave your prayer wand, you always get what you ask for. Ask. And the problem is we are not wise enough to know what we should pray for. Let's go back to the, my example of the, the friend in Keokuk from Tennessee. It would have been wise, right, to pray for the cancer to go away? But would it have been wise to pray for the cancer? You know, after knowing what, it's, it's harder, isn't it? Now, I don't think you walk around and say, well, they probably got sick because they're supposed to find Jesus. It's not going to pray. I don't know. I mean, that's each, each decision you have to make in the circumstance. But, but what do I mean by not unconditional? Meaning that we're saved by God's grace, right? That's in Ephesians. But through what? We're saved by grace through faith trust. It's not unconditional. Grace doesn't just, saving grace, common grace, what we talk about with the rain falling, all that, yeah, that comes to everybody. Saving grace only comes to those who ask, sincerely. Romans 10 stuff again. And you think about it again, you get all these examples. The other one I remember was Billy Graham's uh, wife, uh, Ruth, yeah much quicker story. She said, if God would have given me everything I wanted when I prayed, I'd have been married five times before I met Billy. You know, that's the thing. In, in those circumstances, this is the one, you know. And you get this from uh, Alec Morcher's a little bit older book, Epistle of James, but he said, if it, if it were the case that whatever we ask, God was pledged to give, then I, for one, would never pray again because I would not have sufficient confidence in my own wisdom to ask God for anything. Put yourself in the upper room. Maybe, you know, whether, you know, I don't know if it was just the 12, if some of the women were there, whatever. Let's just go ahead and put some women in there so all of us can be up there. Uh, I'm thinking there probably was, but, you know, Leonardo didn't paint them, but they were there. Uh, uh, but, but you think about you're up there and he's doing this and, and you're, you're thinking, you know, they're going to kill him. What do you pray for? I'd pray for them to not kill him, wouldn't you? Knowing what you know at that time, you know? Father, please help the Romans and the Jewish leaders not kill this guy. We know he's the one. Would that prayer going to get answered? No. Because that was what it was. But we, didn't, we, we don't want to see through a glass darkly. That's what, you know, what do we pray for, you know? Back to the uh, really, then this this particular philosopher is quite helpful. Uh, Bruce Almighty. If you haven't seen that movie, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, the uh, the idea of one person being given. Uh, he, he was moaning a lot about his life, and so God gives him. I don't know. It's like a couple square miles of buffalo to be the god of the buff buffalo, uh, New York. Um, and eventually he gets all these prayers, and uh, he, he's not 
omniscient, so he, he, he's there in his head, and then he ends up doing sticky notes, and then email, and it just doesn't work out. And he just gives everybody what they want. So everybody wins the lottery, everybody, and it just causes havoc, you know, because, and I remember there's a line in there, and Morgan Friedman plays God, and then it's, uh, uh, is it Jim, Jim Carrey plays Bruce, and they're sitting up in this little room, or standing there, and he's like, you know, help me, he's telling the real God, you know, I just gave what they wanted. And there's this great line in there. Uh, God says, since when do people really know what they want? I thought that was a good line. I thought that was pretty biblical. Not all of that movie is. Uh, but it's uh, the idea, and that, you know, there's more you're saying. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, right now, think about what the most desirous thing in your heart is. That if, if you could, you know, I don't, we don't have a lamp, but you know, and that's not the way it works. But if you had one prayer that God said, I will answer this for sure. I mean, I think I know what mine would be, but then I'm like, well, how do I know that's what he wants? I can't see the future. This might be the worst thing. Go back to the upper room. Oh, yeah, give me that one prayer. Let's not kill Jesus. The luck's right. It's hard. So it is kind of maybe it's almost like God knows what he's doing. He's not answering all our prayers. And that's where this, this snakes and stones comes. He only knows the difference. A lot of times we pray and sometimes, yeah, it looks like the best thing. It looks like bread. It looks like a fish. It looks like what we need. Because we only see the present and we only can comprehend what a human can. And, and, and it takes faith to step back and say, God, you know. You know. So thank God that he answers prayer, but thank God that sometimes his answer is no. And that's hard. And then I do sometimes step back and say, you know, God, I'm not sure you see the whole picture again. And we can keep asking. There's nothing wrong with keep asking. Until you know no is the best answer, keep, keep asking. Nothing wrong with that. If nothing else, you get to hang out with him some, which is kind of cool. You know, that's a privilege, you know. I don't know. I think the Bible kind of leans that way, that sometimes maybe we, why he allows us to persist in prayer because we spend more time with him. If he just gave it like that, we might not get there. It's pretty wise. And this is hard. It's hard to step back. But again, we have to live as Christians with the hope of the next life. You know, C.S. Lewis said, if you find in this life the not, you can't find the thing that satisfies you completely. It may be that you were made for another world. And I think that's kind of what the Bible tells us. So, what do we learn? Um, prayers presupposes knowledge. You know, Jesus teaches us to pray. You know, so read your Bible, go to Bible study. Why? Because you get to know God better. That's the way He decided to do it. And whether you like it or not is kind of your problem. I mean, I didn't do this. I mean, maybe it would be easier if you just showed if Jesus showed up for Bible study. Um, yeah, maybe later. <laughs> but right now, He's revealed Himself primarily in His Word and through His Spirit. So let's use what He's given, and your prayers will get better. I guarantee you, your prayers will get better. Your worship will get better. You'll get closer to Him the more you get into His Word. I mean, that's promised. It presupposes faith, you know. 
expressing your trust in God. You go back to Isaiah. Some people say, does God hear all prayers? Well, yes and no. Very first part of Isaiah, obviously a treaty on the Israel, Israelites at this time. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Spreading out, that's how they prayed back then. Um, even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. So I guess I answered my own question, didn't I? Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourself clean. Remove the evil of your deeds before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Connect, correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Do what I told you to do. Have a heart for me, and then I'll listen. It's not that we're just doing these things to get him to listen. It's the fact that we want to do these things because we love him, and then we have a connection with him, and then he'll listen, you know. A foxhole prayer works for one time, but that shouldn't be your whole prayer life, right? If you're only going to God when you need him, think about other relationships you have. You like those? You like those relationships where the only time the person ever contacts is when they need something? Don't do that to God. You know, you might just want to talk to him and say thanks for something or thanks or praise him for something. Psalm 9, those who know your name trust in you, for you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. So this is in Isaiah, it's that you're not really, you don't really care about me, God's saying, so why should I listen? You're just heaping up phrases. It doesn't do any good. And the last one is prayer pre presupposes desire. You may know God's will and have faith that he can accomplish his will, but still not want to receive it. This is harder, and I think you need to pray for that. God, may I have the desire that you want me to have. So Jesus tells us that the Father, he wants us to pray, he wants us to ask for the, and you can, and these are the promises he's always given. These are things you always know you'll get. Anybody who truly seeks after God for repentance will get forgiven. Anybody who truly seeks the comfort of the Spirit will get comfort. Anybody who truly asks for the peace of God in their life because of, of the anxieties, it will get the peace of God. These are promises. Ask for them and you will be given. That's what he's talking about here. The stuff that isn't promised, then we can still ask, and he may or may give based on his wisdom. So we can ask for creation gifts, but primarily for redemption gifts, because these are promised. So we'll end in this Ephesians 1. It's a good prayer from Paul, another one that you can learn. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight that so you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. That's a good prayer. Let us pray. Father, may we have these types of prayers where spiritual wisdom, guidance, that our hearts will be flooded, uh, overflowing uh, with your spirit so that we want to pray pleases you. May we ask, may we seek, may we knock for the things that you want to give us, always putting you first and knowing that you always do what's best for us. May we trust in you always. Amen.